Welcome everybody to the Celebrity Hour podcast. I am Brian Kluger. We're broadcasting live from Dallas, Texas. And oh my gourd, I have a wonderful show for everyone today on the Celebrity Hour podcast, part of the Unbalanced Note edition. We just could be talking about music today, but I have two very special guests. These, these are legendary excellent intercontinental champions of music instruments and writing songs this is the band the next doors with their new album linda vista i've got mika larson and russell wiener on the show welcome Hello. Hello, Brian. How good? <laughs> doing well, doing well. There's lots of energy tonight. It's Pesach. It's the eve of Pesach, and there's just going to be a lot of food. There's going to be lots of drinking. We're going to be we're going to be celebrating this new album with you. How, how how are y'all? Y'all are on the West Coast, right? Yes, yes, we are. That's right. Uh, it's good. Everything is nice and relaxed. We didn't know you were going to say that we were going to be drinking, but we oh. somehow we divined it. So. <laughs> Oh, Lachayim. There'll be many Lachayims tonight, right? Lachayim, that's right. First Seder tomorrow night. So we're getting ready to go down to San Diego to my sister's place with my brother's family and my mom and all of that good stuff. And meanwhile, we've just been powering down bread as fast <laughs> right. as we can get our Right. For those, for those of you who don't know, during Passover, the week of Passover, which seems like a year if you don't eat bread, but if you celebrate Passover, you're not supposed to eat bread. You can only eat unleavened bread, which is like very dry crackers. And it is very sad uh, to not eat, you know, that glorious French bread or bone bread or wheat bread for a week, right? It is. And, yep. and Mika here is not raised in the tradition, but she humors me a lot. Um, <laughs> and I, you know, uh, don't really think that I'm going to be smitten if I eat bread, but it's less carbs for a week. It's a good thing. We go with it. Right, right. No, I hear you. I hear you. But yeah, we're going to be celebrating tonight. This is going to be great. We're going to be talking about this new album, Linda Vista. We're going to be talking about the songs. We're going to get into it. We're going to we're going to have an old fashioned, you know, triple threat steel cage match of music and fun tonight. But first, like in the sound of music, we have to start at the very beginning. So I'm gonna start with Mika first. Where did it all begin with you in music? In music. So um, everyone in my family had to play something. Um, we didn't have to go into music, but the, my parents just thought it was important that we had exposure. Uh, well, exposure enough of actually playing. So um, I was given a choice. Um, of a stringed instrument, and I chose the cello at six years old. At six years old, you chose the cello. I mean, most people be like piano or harmonica. You chose the cello. Okay, so what was it about the cello that did it? Did you like the way it looked? Did you like the way it sounded both? What's happening? I like the way it sounded, and it wasn't a piano, which my brother had already uh, chosen. It wasn't a violin, which my brother and sister had chosen. So it was something different and I did like the sound of it, yeah. Okay, so do you remember the first cello you got? What like the brand was and what was the first song you learned on the cello? You know, it was a cheap Japanese quarter size cello, something that, you know, it, it was probably like this big. Okay, okay, do you remember the first song? 
uh, Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. Ooh. Did you play it in front of, like, family? Family? Oh, of course. Did you get, did you get a standing O? <sighs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> twinkle Twinkle Little Star. I like it. And I guess the same question goes for you, Russell. Where did it all begin with you in music? So I'm also from a, a big family like her, and I have a lot of older siblings, and they were all made to take lessons as well. Piano, guitar, banjo. Um, and, you know, none of them really took to it. None of them stuck with it. We don't really have any musical talent to speak of in my extended family with just a couple of minor exceptions. So by the time I came around, my parents were done, and I didn't have to take music lessons. They never asked me. They never made me. So, of course, I gravitated straight to the piano once it became clear that I wasn't being offered lessons. Started playing by ear on my own because we had it in the house. And um, turns out that I, you know, had an aptitude there. So after a while, then they said, okay, do you want to take lessons? I said, sure, as long as I, you know, don't have to learn to read music. It's got to all be by ear. I'm not going to be tricked into it. And eventually they tricked me into it. So I had an incredible teacher who said, we can do as much by ear as you want, but you are going to learn to read music also because it's only going to help in the future, not hurt in any way. Um, and then just kind of went from there. That's how, that's how it goes. So did you have a, like a baby grand piano in your house growing up? We did. Yeah, it was there and it got used very rarely um but it was very pretty and it took up a large part of the you know living room that if it was gone all of a sudden nobody would have known what to put there so it stuck around um and then um you know once i started really pursuing it then you know it was kind of it was very old piano it was on its last legs so um so they we got rid of that one and actually as my bar mitzvah present i got this guy you're seeing actually right behind me right here this piano which i've had ever since oh my god you got a whole grand piano for your bar mitzvah how did they deliver that to you was it was there a bow on it did you get it at the ceremony oh, yeah. <laughs> of course completely wrapped and and uh, you know and the challenge was it was a build your own so i had to uh, <laughs> it was not easy i'll tell you that it was it was not it was not easy that, that's a cool story. I can't, I never yeah. knew anybody because I, you and I probably know, been to a lot of bar mitzvahs growing up, but I don't know anybody who actually got a piano as a gift. You usually get like $18 or something like that. That's a much cooler present that you got. It is. Yeah, it was from my grandparents. Um, and yeah, still, still rocking. It's on the album, uh, you know, so. That, that's cool. What was the first song you remember learning on the piano? I just started slowly picking stuff up by ear, so I, I don't know the answer to that question, um, but it would have been probably, you know, probably Billy Joel or the Beatles. It would be one of those two things, most likely, because that's stuff that I, that I knew and had in my ears and, and had piano in it. Uh, so, you know, probably one of those. And, and as time went on, I did end up taking classical lessons and doing the typical recitals that you do with, you know, where a teacher has four or five of his best students, you know, do their thing. So, right, right. Um, and that was a lot of the stuff people typically learn and, and some stuff that, that was a little different, but a lot of, a lot of Bach, a lot of Debussy. No, that's, that's great. That's great. And so I remember, so 
when I was growing up, I had like this little electronic piano Casio. And I think, I mean, you, Billy Joe and Beatles learning those songs first. I, I wish I learned that too, because I played just a little bit of piano, but the first one I remember picking up and playing for the first time was the Axel Foley theme from Beverly Hills Cop. <laughs> I covered that in my, in my high school band. We covered that with three keyboards. Awesome. So, okay, so that leads me to my next question for both of you. I know you've both been in several bands as adults, but you know, you're growing up, you're in middle school, you're high school, you know, I'm going to be in a band. Do you remember your first early bands? What were their names? What kind of music did you play? And what were those stepping stones to get you to where you are today? What do you got? Well, I wasn't in a, in a rock band until I was, you know, in my late 20s. So I'm a little different than you. But you were in like string quartets? I was in string quartets, but yes. Yeah. So that counts And orchestra things. It's a group, a collective. Yeah. But that's rock and roll too, though, right? Sure. Tangentially, yep. you know, in a yep. Venn diagram, they cross over a little bit for sure. Were there names to those those quartets? Mm, I, I, possibly, I don't recall. Yeah. <laughs> what about what about you, Russell? Do you remember any of the, yeah, the no, young ones? I once I entered high school, I met, you know, some people who I guess I even knew them in junior high too. some uh, me and two friends from high school formed a band. We had to do a report freshman year uh, in English on Dante's Inferno and we could do whatever we wanted. It could be any kind of report we wanted to do. So the three of us decided to form a band and do a musical version of the entire all nine levels of hell. Because we figured, A, that would be fun, and B, he'd almost certainly give us an extension to the end of the year if we were making <laughs> like a full concept album, which he did. Um, so we undertook that, and uh, all of us played keyboards, so we all got together with our three keyboards. And, and once we finished that, and we decided to stay together and continue doing other things, you know, our, one, my bandmate Lars, we used to rehearse at his house, and his brother always called us Little Depeche Mode. And we started getting kind of tired of that, so all of us started learning other instruments. So, like, really on the job, we were learning guitar. We were learning guitar and then recording that, that day. Like, okay, I got these two chords now. We're using them, like, immediately. We all learned bass. We all learned mandolin, rudimentary drums. Um, and we, we were together all through, um, all through high school. Paced, we were called, to answer that. Paced? I mean... Holy shit, did, I mean, I'm just hearing, what I'm hearing is like incredible here. This is like musical genius. I mean, when I hear high school bands getting together, it's like, oh yeah, we're gonna cover whatever's the top 40 right now and you know, try to get chicks. But you're like, no, I'm gonna make a rock opera of Dante. What, what is happening? <laughs> You're, you're like a, you were ahead of the curve back then. Like that's like, that's insane. Like I, I now I feel like you need to fully produce a rock opera of Dante's Inferno. Because <laughs> nobody's done that. You produce? Yes. Okay, how's next month doing? But I'm in, I am in. WrestleMania is over and I am good to go. <laughs> so. Oh, that's so cool. That's great that you have these bands. So you moved on to that and you have all of the, you've been in all these bands. This led you to uh, Linda Vista. So 
first off, before we get into the album, you know, you've lived your whole life. So you've played music most of your lives in a normal sort of fashion. And then COVID hit and it kind of changed the game. It changed the thing. So for you both personally, how did the pandemic either uh, help shape you creatively uh, moving forward with music or did it set you back a little bit of both? How did that, how did the pandemic really uh, get you into where you are at now with music? I guess a little bit of both would be fair or it set me back at first because I make my living primarily through music. Um, whereas Mika, you do not make your living primarily through music. Right. Um, so, yeah, it was a big change. I'm a producer, an engineer, uh, a mixer, and not being able to get together with clients was different. Um, and then not being able to get together with other bands. Um, you know, we've both played in other bands with each other, uh, practically since we met. Um, but it was definitely a step forward for us because suddenly we had a little bit more time to, I, you know, almost right away I started jumping into recording. Um, once the pandemic hit, it just seemed like the thing to do. And it had been a long time since I'd released anything um, of my own songs. It had been quite quite a while. So I immediately started into, you know, recording one of the songs that's on the record and got Mika on there. And yeah, we were able to work on music at a, you know, in our own time frame. And, and um, so that was fun. But also we definitely started doing a lot of stuff um, for other people, causes, you know, a lot of charity stuff that was going down. Um, so, uh, for example, we played a song at, um, at a benefit to raise money for a summer camp that I work for as the music director to keep them afloat because the summer got canceled. Um, what else? Oh, we both played, uh, Mika played cello and I played saxophone, which I hadn't played since high school um along with uh, on a charity video and single with alan parsons and david pack the founder of ambrosia and michael mcdonald from the doobie brothers of course um i was helping to mix the sound and edit the video for this project and uh and then david who was producing it said you know can you get me to play some cello on it and i mentioned <laughs> that i play saxophone because he had these synth saxes and he's like, oh, you got to bust it out if it still works. So I played clarinet and saxophone uh, in school, and, and I still have my instruments. And so is it true, are you like me, that every time you play saxophone, you have to play it without a shirt on? You'll find out. Oh, perfect, perfect, perfect. So I, I guess you were playing. Were you playing tenor or alto? Tenor. Tenor. Excellent, excellent, excellent. So now I got to go back because I know both uh, you, Russell, Mika. Y'all, y'all are married. Y'all met. So I got to ask, like, how did y'all meet? And what was that first music conversation between the two of you? Like, were you going through like, what band do you like? What band? What what music do you like? Like, how was that? Because you're two mus two phenomenal musicians that came together, and you just was it was you're like I like everything you like or like I didn't like any I didn't like this that you like I have to get into it. It's all you. 
Well, um, we used to live in Silver Lake uh, separately, but very close to each other. And my old neighbor is a uh, film score composer, and he would have these, I don't know, monthly um, music writing parties where everyone would write a song with, say, five words that he threw out, random words. And you would bring your instrument and you'd bring your song if you wrote one and people would bring wine and we would just sit around and jam. So um, we came and... Um, well, I had, we hadn't met yet. We hadn't so, met yet. That's so right. I walked in late to one of these parties. There was one seat left next to this cellist, this brunette cellist that uh, I was like, oh, that, that can't be a bad thing. Um, and so, we, yeah, I just sat there all night with all these great creative musicians playing and uh, exchanged information and um, and I don't remember the first time we went out I don't remember a lot of the specific content except I remember we talked about our dads both of us had lost our fathers you know in the moderately recent past uh what else do you well, remember maybe it wasn't the first time we went out but very soon after we were up all night listening to music this is true. But what were y'all listening to? The first date date was actually to a comedy show, so that wasn't even music related. Right, right. Um, what were we listening to? Uh, I don't know. I just kept throwing on music that I liked, but maybe it was just me driving it. I don't remember. So I don't think either of us are like deeply offended <laughs> by anything that the other person no. enjoys. But uh, the one when when we merged our record collections when we moved in together, the things we ended up with duplicates of and it's not necessary this doesn't even indicate what we like the best it's just a fact that the things that we now have two of <laughs> are never mind the bollocks here's the sex pistols and endless summer by the beach boys those are the <laughs> <laughs> those are the two records that we both had it's and basically the same bands right there <laughs> sex pistols and beach boys <laughs> right and that's actually strangely about it like i don't think we had any other crossover records so nothing genesis I don't think you had any Genesis, any Genesis records. Record. Only I have Genesis records. <laughs> and, uh, you know what? Elvis Costello. I think we both had Armed okay. Forces. All right. So maybe there's that. That's 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 amazing. Um, and I guess when y'all met at this film composer's house, um, do y'all still do that? Is that still an ongoing thing? It is an ongoing thing, but with the pandemic, people, it, it was off for a couple of years. It was. But it is back on now. Yeah, he had one last weekend, and both of us were working, yeah. so we couldn't go. But yeah, he still does them, and it's still fun, and, uh, and a great little community yeah. musician hang. No, that's that's an amazing story. Like mo most people, like I met online or I met through a friend. You're like, no, I met at a film composer's house jamming. <laughs> We found out we liked Beach Boys and we liked the Sex Pistols. And then from here we are several years later. And I know you're a film composer aficionado. In fact, we were just watching your interview that you did last uh, month with the film composer. Um, oh, Dan Romer? Dan Romer. We were just checking that out. So for your inner uh, composer nerd, it's Rolf Kent. That's the name. Ooh, I know Rolf Kent. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, we, we got we got to get him on the show too. <laughs> I'm, uh, he'd probably be happy to. Yep. He's a lovely man. Oh, 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 my goodness! Well, thank you for watching the Dan Romer interview. Uh, uh, I love that guy too. Yeah, yeah, he came across super cool. 
Um, so you, you met, you're doing music, you're doing your things, you're producing, you're making music, you're in the bands. And now you decided the, the duo, the duo of the next doors. So I know the story, but many people out there don't know this story, but the next doors, it's the, it's, it's a, if you think about it, it's a great name, but why the name, the next doors? based on there's a uh, like a community website called nextdoor.com and i think it's probably all across the country right yeah i think so it's, it's similar to a facebook kind of thing but it's your own community so you you can only sign up you know you have to put your official address and they i don't know cross reference you or something like that but you can be only a part of your own community actual community so um, you know, it's filled with posts, you know, of people selling stuff or looking for a handyman, uh, you know, recommendation. But also, you know, again, we used to live in Silver Lake and that part of um, Los Angeles can be pretty nutty. And so some of the headlines, you know, we really should have written them down. We should have. Some of them were really um, eye rolling, very crazy. So at some point we were reading these um, and just thought, wow, these would make great songs. So. We thought it'd be fun to uh, create a band where we just wrote songs based off the headlines. Just the most outrageous stuff people post about, like, yeah, it's Silver Lake. So just the <laughs> hipsteriest, you know, things about pickling, things, you know, obviously things that just have a, a weird aura of racism around <laughs> them, like all the crazy stuff on Nextdoor that needs to be called out. We figured we would do it in music. That is incredible. I mean, this origin story of the next door is amazing. So I just figure like you're going through and you get like an update or like a notification on your phone about like, oh, there's a burglary. But then you go through the stories and you're like, oh, one legged little person selling spicy snow cones for five dollars, 10 stars. Go do it. And I was like, oh, my God, that's this should be a band. Is that is that basically what it is? We talked about really actually doing it, but we never did really actually do it because, again, we both have, like, work and other things we're involved in and other bands and all of this type of thing. So, yeah, the quarantine definitely helped us to say, okay, well, let's, you know, let's make a record, but we didn't, we didn't aim for that theme. We already... We're calling ourselves The Next Doors. We already had, you know, and, and that's a perfectly fine name regardless of where it came from. So we just sort of started making a, a regular album, if you will, um, over quarantine, and, and we stuck with that. That was fine. Um, but then at the end of the process, we decided it wasn't fine, and we had to at least throw in one song that stuck to our original idea. Right, right. And so that's how the album kind of took shape, this album called Linda Vista, which you were going through this, you had the band, you had this title, but how did the album kind of take shape creatively? Was it just like a 50-50 like a process of y'all writing songs every day at a certain time, y'all kind of just playing together? It's like, oh, this would kind of be cool. How'd that work out? Well, there's that, you've heard that old phrase that you have your entire life to make your first record and then you have six months to make your second record. Yeah. So, <laughs> and you, I, you always, I think about that phrase as applying to the first you know, the first band you're in or whatever. So, and, and of course we've been in many bands, but I think that it's not, it's, 
as soon as you start something new, that same thing applies. So the truth is that these songs were written, one of them when I was 19 years old, um, the song Canyonlands, that's the one that I mentioned earlier, was the first thing I jumped into after the pandemic. It's just, I was never happy with it. I wrote it in college, I recorded it, sucky recording. I recorded it again with my band when I moved to LA. I look back, it's mortifyingly bad. And I was, but, but it was one song where I was like, I, I really believe it's a good song. I, I really think it deserves its, you know, proper. So there was that. And then right up to that, there was one song we wrote, I mean, two weeks before we had to get the album mastered. So it really ran the gamut. There's songs that are, well, the first song, Awaken, I wrote 10 years ago and demoed it up and loved it but i wasn't doing anything that sounded like that at the time i was in like a alternative rock band and it didn't it just didn't fit that song didn't fit anything i was doing so you put it away and you see if it ever decides to come out again and then this was the perfect chance this is something where i felt like wait a minute i you know i I have that song and there was, I had like a slide guitar on there. I'm like, scrap that. Let's do cello. Have we mentioned that she's a cellist? We have, right? <laughs> Very good cellist too. Um, and anyway, so yeah, there's no one uh, answer to your question. It just kind of, it really was a product of, you know, 20 years <laughs> of songs um, and ideas that we just kind of, it all kind of gelled, you know, we were not, um, we were not above just saying, well, that was fun. You know, we recorded some songs, very cool, move on to the next. If it didn't come together feeling like an album, we would have just done that, but it did. That's great. And was there like a point, was there like a moment that you kind of were outside of your bodies when you kind of said, oh shit, we've really got an album here. We got something cooking here. Was there like a moment that you realize like, oh man, we got something. Was there a moment? I don't know. <laughs> we had a reason to do it. That's what we had. We got asked to do a house concert. And this was last November, what, four months ago. We got asked to play this house concert, the two of us. And we were like, well, it would be foolish not to have, you know, a recording to, to sell at the thing and to maybe even give people in advance so they know a few of the songs. So we had like a real impetus for getting something done. Um, we had already recorded plenty of stuff, but we weren't, we didn't have any work ethic. <laughs> um, and it, and it wasn't really a thing yet. So yeah, I think when we realized when we, when we aimed for that, when we said by November 11th, we're going to have, a five song EP that we can, that we feel decent about selling. Um, and we did it. That was probably it. And uh, because that was the point where we could have said, cool, we're good. This sort of rough EP is fine. But it was clear that it wasn't fine. You know, we needed to make it into a full length and we needed to do a lot of work on those songs still. Like they were good in the form that they were in with that EP at that time. They just weren't done. They weren't done. And so we, it seemed like it was worth it to finish it at that point. 
Oh, right. And so the, it's, it's, it's a full link. It's eight, eight songs, right? Yeah. Eight tracks. And it's when you're recording, so you, you've written all these, when you're recording it, what's kind of, is that kind of like, um, you're, you're actually like, it's kind of like in the film world, you're actually on set, you're shooting it, and then you go back and you listen and you edit. What, what's the recording process like, especially in a pandemic now? Yeah, I guess it's it's no stress, which which is great. I mean, it's the two of us. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple there's a couple other musicians on the record, but not much because mostly we weren't having people over. Uh-huh. We weren't getting to, so it's the two of us. I'm a recording engineer uh, with a home studio, so yeah, you know, I I feel for people who are like, I've got. $700 and this is all my savings and we've got this band and we've got to go into the studio with all of five of us and it's just got to be the best day we've ever had. Uh, it's stressful, but we didn't have that at all. Um, it was very leisurely and we could scrap. I was, yeah, that again, Canyonlands, I scrapped it three, three more times after I started recording it um, to just get it right. And it's nice to be able to do that in a leisurely fashion so yeah you'd have you didn't have it wasn't uh necessarily a like a time crunch you got to you know let it breathe like a fine wine yeah exactly so you know if we did a cello part and then the next day it seems like you know what one more harmony on there that's gonna be that's gonna be the kicker great you know we'll do it over a glass of wine in the evening after we're done with our other work and it was you know fun would you say it was fun yeah very much was there a particular track that uh on this uh new album that you found easier or more difficult than the others besides i guess uh canyon because you said you scrapped it through <laughs> at least three times but <laughs> yeah and that was right towards the angst of the beginning of the pandemic so yes that one i would file under difficult especially when you're trying to top what you've done before which isn't a problem with like new songs so i don't know what do you think um cello wise particularly easy or hard um i don't know i really enjoyed doing honest mechanic Speaking of honest mechanic, you have the, the these these songs that like awaken, all right here, my great escape, let it in, and then you have this amazing song that's you know called Honest Mechanic, which to your next door app is like you you, you go from like it, it's an amazing way to end the album. <laughs> it's this is great, and I feel like you know it desire it, it needs sequels. <laughs> yeah, well, talk about Honest Mechanic. <laughs> that but no that's right that was the one that was the one that we added at the last minute honest mechanic gone yeah. bad based and I'm on glad a, we did yeah, yeah yeah based on a post on next door where somebody was being exceptionally dramatic <laughs> about their mechanic issues and um yeah i mean that was you know definitely a different stylistically musically and lyrically than the rest of the album and it did actually take a while to write it and to get it right and to rehearse it and to get all the parts down and um it was fun yeah but it was challenging for sure and then just getting you know making it sound 
right, making it sound the right way. Um, but you know, it, it, it's again, just it's just you know, we were, we're out here. That one we recorded here in the living room where we are right now, as opposed to in the studio with the piano, which hadn't been tuned any time lately, and it's perfect. <laughs> it's just what it needed. And Mika just sitting right here, you know, trying to hash out parts on this weird, slightly discordant song. And that's how that's how it went. And you have this this uh, this full album that's being sold now, Linda Vista. Um, and so, in addition to the songs, the writing, the music, um, w talk about the, the amazing artwork of the album cover. Was that was that you guys? Was that somebody you knew who did the artwork? What, what's going on here? Well, we we wanted to have kind of a next doorsy look, so we started out. Um, well, you're the photographer, so. Yeah, and unfortunately, we didn't have another photographer to actually take them, so we put them outside, put the camera outside on a tripod, and inside had a little remote control, and we had no idea if it was actually working or not, and the sun was quickly going down, um, but... Yeah, so we spent a couple hours trying to take pictures from outside <laughs> to inside. Like, if you look real close, you'll see that my yeah. guitar pick is actually a camera remote control. Um, <laughs> So that was anyway. They came out cool. They had a vibe to them. That's yeah, all. Yeah, and then we applied like a retro kind of vintage treatment to it to make it look old. Right. And, and so that was good. We were happy with that, um, but we didn't have a name for the record yet. At this point, we were just we, like we knew we needed an album cover and some promotional photos. So we were tossing around ideas um, for what to call it, and. Um, and then I had this name pop in my head, Linda Vista. Now, Linda is the name of my sister, who unfortunately we lost to cancer in 2020, June of 2020, shortly after the pandemic. Um, and so we, were, we, we did a Zoom memorial and we needed to play something. So I asked my um, niece for some ideas of, of songs she liked. She had a really quirky, sense of everything my sister uh so i knew some of her musical tastes but i figured i'll ask her daughter and one of the songs she mentioned was strangers by the kinks which is one of my favorite songs by the kinks ever um so we anyway we learned that song we filmed it actually in our living room with a few cameras live again her working magic with like not actually being able to look into the camera she had like cameras moving by themselves <laughs> and all this crazy yeah. stuff and we filmed and recorded it. We put it out on her birthday. Um, and it was, you know, it came out great. So for the record, we figured just throw, you know, do some overdubs, some harmonies, some percussion, and let's use it for the album. And so the title Linda Vista popped into my head, um, you know, which means beautiful view. We look out at the San Gabriel Mountains from our front porch here, um, and, and it is a beautiful view. and. So, once we decided that that was a good title and it was sort of, you know, in tribute to my sister, we, I realized, you know, she had all these drawings. She was an artist. And she did a bunch of field drawings. She was also, she was an artist, she was an entomologist. And she had a bunch of field drawings of bugs and flowers that she had done at a recent um, job she had at a college up north. And so, uh, and she loved collage as a style um 
So we took uh, some of her flowers and her bugs and we put them all around us on, on the photo. And in a way that like doesn't quite work and because that's her style. That's, that's what she, you know, she used to send us postcards from places she was and she, and, and, and she would always put stickers that had nothing to do with anything on the postcard or even family photos they would send us. They would have these random stickers. So that was the idea behind that. And, and Mika made it all, made it all work on Photoshop. And, it's an awesome and, album cover. Yeah, it's pretty cool. You you done good, and I, I've got to ask. Uh, being in the music business for so many years, you both, is there a rhyme or a reason to the the track listing? How the songs are arranged? Is that something that really goes into account when making your record? Yeah, a lot of it's just feel. You know, you just try it, see how it plays switch things around. Some of it's the key of the song. Like you traditionally, you try not to have two songs next to each other that are in the same key because you want it to sound like a fresh palette with each song. Um, so, there, you know, I guess there's an art to it, but I, I think you'd be hard pressed to say that most albums, you couldn't swap a song here or there and it would be just fine, you know, just fine. So yeah, it's just, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Just feel it out, I guess, is the end. But the first song, I mean, that is, uh, you know. Awaken, yeah. Right. That's the most important thing if you assume that most people are going to go and listen to the first song and then decide whether they want to listen to another. So I, I do think, you know, definitely the first song is always a. And that one just seemed like the obvious get things started, catchy, you know, upbeat. Uh, that would that uh, that people would generally dig and then move to a cover that seemed like the thing to do for people who are kinks fans which is a whole lot of people um that song really means something and then from there you know people are either into it or they're not <laughs> so do you all remember when you first got them got the albums pressed and fully produced and all that stuff and if you know it's all wrapped up and you listen to it when when was the first time you listened to it what were your thoughts did you do it over dinner over drinks what did y'all look at each other and like oh yeah that was good or this was that what, what, what was that what were the emotions that's the real test isn't it driving in the car with it right yeah we would do rough mixes and but and then you know I guess listen to it just the final master before the truth is I, I don't know if we ever and it's weird it sounds weird but I could say the same of other bands uh, that sometimes you just kind of you you don't you don't do a you know that one spiritual <laughs> listen so Metallica didn't do a spiritual listen to kill them all the, 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 I, 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 we appreciate the story you're trying to evoke here. But I think it's, we kind of didn't, um, but we will. We should. Yeah. We're going to listen to it.
people. We must have listened. We to might have listened to the full album, but we were mostly listening to the rough mixes to make sure that yeah. they were coming along. But but uh, you know what? The equivalent to the you know the the, the the payoff listen that you're talking about right now that we may or may not be delivering <laughs> the story that you want has actually been listening to it on some of the radio broadcasts yeah. that have because we a number of the songs have now been picked up by radio across the country. So. Which is super cool. And does that ever get old out of all the bands you've been in and been on the radio and live? Does it ever get old where you're like, oh, I'm on the radio again? Or is it always like, oh, my God, I'm on the radio? I wish I could say I've been on the radio enough to get <laughs> tired of it. Um, was your band back in New it York? Was in some co- get... It was in yeah, some college stations, but I don't, you know. Yeah, I mean, that's, but yeah. still, you hear it and it's fun. Right. Yeah. Um, so, no, it's fun. It's very gratifying and like today we got played on a station in Minneapolis where Mika's from um, for the first time so uh, and the DJ even mentioned that you know she was from there yeah. and so that's like yeah that's a you know then you listen to the whole song no matter how many times you've heard it <laughs> right that, that's that's super cool I love that um, so now that the song's out people are listening to it are you performing it live? Are you are you performing it live in front of people? The reaction? Because, I mean, I'll say myself, I was at a live show, you know, pretty recently and rocked the house with it. I loved it. Um, so how, how's the live shows going? How what, what, What's going on with that? Yeah, it's going great. Um, I guess we've had two live shows now, right? Yeah. Well, uh, three. Three. It's been three. Yeah. All right. Yeah, it's been definitely fun. Like the one, the one you were at. That was, mm-hmm. that was our um, album release, which is like it just talk about you know perfect timing that you happened to be in town and you were able to come out and see it. Uh, it was mostly a YouTube show, but we did have limited people there, and, and you were one of them. So that's great. And it, you know, you never know. As a performer, all you can do is hope people aren't lying when they say that was awesome. And then watch it later, you know, with, a, and I always start with a cringe and then it goes away if it's like, oh, we actually sounded pretty good. So, um, we just did our first show with a full band, which is, which is super gratifying mm-hmm. to, you know, to hear something like this that was born out of the pandemic, just the two of us, no other musicians involved and then have bass and drums and keyboards and and uh, and to do it live in front of an appreciative crowd was um was great you know and and people were very effusive about it mm-hmm. and then we again we watched it later and it's like oh It was fun. It's friends of ours who, at the beginning of the pandemic, they were calling us for advice all the time. How do we, how do we webcast? How do we this? What do we do? Can you come over? Can you help us? And now, you know, they got so good at it that we were begging them to let us come and film at that at that garage of theirs um, and play. But um, yeah, it was. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun to share 
with people, of course. You know, I'm, I'm a studio guy by trade and just always have been. Even my, back to my high school band, we didn't play out live. Not really. We recorded. So um, I might not have that addiction to live playing that I think a lot of musicians thrive on. But of course, it's fun and gratifying. And cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, and and um, it almost it makes me think of a question that I've been asking myself, we've been asking ourselves, which is when people ask, "Oh, yeah, who do you sound like?" <laughs> How to answer that? Actually, yeah. like, is there something that you were think? What would you compare? No, I I never would have thought that I'd be playing on an album of this style because it wasn't really my style growing up. Um, but here we are. And, uh, and you know, I'm more towards the rock end of the force, so I've never done a record that barely has any electric guitar on it, which is what this is. It just sort of is w where we gravitated towards. It just uh, very organically, um, but it's not necessarily anything like either of us would normally do. Well, who do you think we, who would you say we sound? amazing listen if you say so we're all about that <laughs> um, well actually the first song awaken that's the, and this is the only time it's ever happened to me before or since that came to me in a dream um, Ooh. And, I, and i remembered it when i woke up it was tom petty and the heartbreakers at a family barbecue of ours and tom comes up to me he says hey man you want to hear a new song and i'm like um yes i think we would all enjoy that and they were right there in a park at a barbecue and they and it was awaken they played it, and I remembered the arrangement, the guitars, how the drums went, the melody. I didn't, I didn't remember the lyrics. Um, so I wrote the lyrics shortly thereafter, but when I woke up in the morning, I remembered the melody, uh -huh. exactly how the chords went. The full melody? Uh, the full hand. melody, yeah. Um, so that's crazy, and I wish it happened more often, but I guess, uh, you know, shout out to Mr. Petty as an influence <laughs> on this record. That's pretty incredible. Uh, that the, that dream must have been so vivid that you like remember all of that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, you just have to wake up at the right time to you know, and with a phone nearby. And normally, if I any interesting thing in my dream, I I'm, I'm not gonna like get up and and gain full consciousness to record it or to write it down. So you just forget it. But that one, I knew I probably shouldn't forget. No, that's, uh, that's pretty incredible. Um, and so with the next door specifically in relation to this album and others, what, what's next? Who's next? What's next with uh, the next doors? Well, um, she likes to occasionally plug in the cello into a Marshall or a Mesa stack. So maybe something a little more rock. 
rockish. Yeah. Oh my God, bring back hair bands. I'm excited. <laughs> well, I don't no hair know. Bands. That might no hmm, hair bands. see, because that, eh, but. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, maybe we'll, maybe we'll get a little louder. Uh, um, I don't know, but I think we just want to play some more shows and hopefully more shows locally here in East Pasadena, uh, rep in East Pasadena here in the San Gabriel Valley of Los Angeles, and we're the next doors. We want to play, like, next door. So we're thinking of doing maybe a front yard concert or something like that, and and uh, and maybe sometime soon. I mean, I guess by virtue of being here, we're sort of getting this out there, but it might be time to let people on nextdoor.com know that they better watch what they say if they don't want to. They're going to be, uh, they're gonna be the title of... Uh... <laughs> one of the next albums that's gonna be great oh that's gonna be good uh tell tell everybody where they can find linda vista now in next door before we get on to some of the fun questions oh good what's the website nextdoorsmusic.com so if you go to nextdoorsmusic.com you'll you'll see uh links to the band camp where we're selling and streaming the record and you know i, I think a lot of people know about Bandcamp these days, but if you're trying to really meaningfully support a band the way that people used to back before, like Napster and stuff, Bandcamp is a pretty good way to do that um, by actually buying music and buying merch. Um, but that said, we're on Spotify, we're on Apple, we're on Tidal, and those links are also there on the website. Um, and then there, yeah, there's videos, there's all that good stuff at the website, nextdoorsmusic.com. And they can find you on Instagram, right? Oh, yep. Yeah. Yep. They'll see Facebook links, Instagram links. Awesome. Twitter. We don't have enough to say. You know, we might. You can only do so much in 140 yeah, characters, you know? We might start writing down snarky stuff to say. And then when we hit 100 <laughs> of those things, then we'll get a Twitter account. That's awesome. That's awesome. I like it. I like it. But let's move on to some fun questions, shall we? And you know what? You know what? I cheated a little bit this time because usually I don't give heads up to, to my guests of what the questions we're asking because I don't want to put them on the spot. But before that, I'm going to put you on the spot. I have a couple questions that I did not give you beforehand. So uh, here's one of them. And be creative here. Are there any sounds or noises that you particularly love hearing that you like to use in songs or that you just love hearing? particular sounds uh well we have some peacocks right out here that would love to have their sounds their mating calls they get very loud and right now it's mating season so i do think we should try to incorporate them into a song yes they would be very good on a recording uh they go right through the walls so. what does a peacock sound like can you do it no oh. it sounds like someone... <laughs> oh if you if you go to our instagram page you will hear some that's peacocks. right there you go. The first video you see on the Instagram page is Peacock squawking right outside the door here. Um, but that's a good question. I, I like, I don't like, if we're talking like ASMR, I don't think I really get set off by any of that type of thing, but a sound that I enjoy, I mean, just a, a damn D chord being played in sort of Pete Townsend fashion on a loud electric guitar is something I could, I could mess with. Okay, okay. 
two peacocks, peacocks and Pete Townsend. I like it. <laughs> I, I like I like that. I like that. Um, also, was there anything you would have liked, uh, you would have loved to see, but were born too late for? Anything from history that, uh, like whether it be a comic or a movie or an art or something that you were, but you were born too late for to see? I guess I'll go ahead and just stick with the who and say I would have loved to have seen them in their prime, like somewhere between 68 and 70, you know, four. Um, and I've seen them, you know, recently. And it's hard to even argue that they're not still in their prime. Right. Still absolutely incredible. But yes, I would love to see the original line up in their heyday. Some uh, great cellists from back back in the day would be nice to have seen before they died. But otherwise, my musical in influences, I never really liked that much rock before the 70s. I guess I started liking rock with the punk rock era. So I feel like I got all of that in. I don't know. Well, like I like that. What's a cellist? Who's a cellist? Who's a like Jacqueline Dupre, she was great. Rostropovich was great, although he's Russian, so you, maybe I shouldn't mention his name right now. But um, those two would have been nice to have seen. That's cool. That's cool. All right. So uh, another fun question for you: Are there what what songs uh, were beacons for you growing up? Well. I guess I wasn't driven to an instrument by my love of music and rock and roll. I was driven to it because it was there and it turned out I was good at it. But like I was never the, the kid who was, you know, like everybody in my elementary school, they'd be just drawing Aerosmith and Motley Crue um, logos on their Trapper Keepers all day. You know, like people just loved the music of the time and I just wasn't it wasn't like that for me so but I guess it would be the stuff I would hear coming out of my older brother's room he was a very moody individual back then and would lock himself away and crank music you know through the door and and so it had sort of a I don't know a, a slightly forbidden quality to it um, so the doors the Who, uh, The Grateful Dead, a lot of any, and any particular songs with those? I guess the one that I that stuck with me the most that I remember him listening to, and then when I learned piano, it's one of the first things that I wanted to learn, is The Song Is Over by The Who. So, a lot of Who in this last segment, <laughs> and that's good by me if it's good by you. Um, I'll go with The Song Is Over. Okay, all right, all right. Mika? Better answer than mine, because I don't really feel like I have a specific song. Um, or any any several? You know, not really. I mean, like with cello, we just always, the way we learned it, we had to, we had to learn everything by ear first. You learned, you know, the next, the next year's worth of music, let's say, before you even played anything on the cello. You had to learn it all in your head, and then you started to play by ear and it was a whole process but i was always look listening to you know so many songs in advance there was just never a time when there was just one song or something i was looking forward to um 
you know, I mean, eventually, I guess in college, I always was excited to think about one concerto that I would get to play, but that's pretty far, far Here, along. let me help. I don't have it. Twinkle, any. twinkle, little star. No, <laughs> no, no, I just don't, uh, I don't feel like I have anything like that. By the way, I love your approach, Brian. I think a lot of panhandlers could learn something from you, actually. You're like, so what's one song that's a beacon for you? And she's like, well, I don't really have one. Then you're like, well, how about several? Yeah, how about several? How about, how about a few? Well, you know, how about a few? It's hard to just pick just one. There's so many. I, I, I mean, I like answering these questions for myself too, and I, I, I have a, I have a list of like 30 that I can grow up with. Oh well, my top ones like I would say, uh, "What a Wonderful World," um, "Thriller," um, the 1983 HBO theme, <laughs> which I, I love it. Um, too um and also people are strange i love that song as well so uh so yeah there you go there you go uh, that that for that um also here's a fun question since you probably played so many places you played so many places live what's the most unusual venue you've ever played like whether it be like the back of a bowling alley or like on a street like what's the most unusual place you've played music This is already the most unusual thing. We don't know if it's a place or not. Yeah, I was at that wedding, and let me tell you, I still fucking think about that because it was like the coolest thing I've ever seen. Like, it, you know, you have these people that just got married. You know, you're in your wedding gown. He's in a tux. Y'all kind of like were lifted up in chairs and put up on on this big stage. And then, Mika, you just, like, put on this badass, you know, motorcycle leather jacket. You strap on the bass and just, like, y'all both start rocking us. Like, holy shit, this just got real bad boy style. I loved it. pretty incredible and y'all played um y'all played the ramones let uh sedated and you played um in the middle by jimmy eat world right oh my god it was so good <laughs> that okay that very unusual and i love it i love it um also okay so you both have records you both have recordings what's the most curious recording or record you have in your collection whether it be like an actual album or if it's like an outtake from one of your recording sessions like what uh what's the most curious recording or album well we'll have to go pre-merger so that we both can answer so what's yours well what is the name of that one that's right over there it looks like a child's introduction to sex yes so i don't know how <laughs> that got into my record collection but it's explaining 
sex to small children. Ooh, that sounds fun. <laughs> can, can, you, can you buy that somewhere now? <laughs> will, will that be like the next cover of the next doors? <laughs> cool as for mine i mean to to me this is a curio in my collection but i'm talking to the wrong guy because to you this is probably your fucking white album but for me it's hulk hogan hulk rules yeah. <laughs> which i didn't know existed until i found it at a 99 cent store they had a whole shelf of them so i bought like 10 of them saying like no way this is going to be the greatest thing that's it. I can't believe Hulk Hogan has an album. Went home, put it in the CD player. It's just everything that I hoped it was. Oh, let me tell you something, brother. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> we still have one on. All right. I mean, it all it, pro wrestling is everything. It really, it all comes back to pro wrestling. <laughs> That's great. I love that. I love that. Uh, those are great answers. Uh, that made me think of that. Um, so, what? So, for both of you, what are your most thrilling musical experiences, both as a musician, like playing in front of somebody, and as a fan? You know, as like your foot in the door at a concert or something like that. Hmm. What do you got? Um, well, in my well late teens and early 20s, I did a lot of traveling, I guess, with a, um, an orchestra as a ringer. Um, and I guess, you know, we were able to get to um, the Soviet Union before that collapsed. We were able to go to Berlin before that wall came down a few times and play on the east side. So, um, and just how well we were being treated. It was really amazing. Um, while we were there playing in their greatest halls. That was really nice. It was a good experience. A very Wow. Yeah. I, I, I'm not going to probably top playing in East Berlin, um, but it's always very gratifying to just play any venue you've always wanted to play with a, a crowd that's into it and singing along. So, you know, the, the times I've played at the Troubadour, or the whiskey, or the or the Viper Room, or those kind of legendary spots here in L.A. That's always, you know, a pretty those cool are... thing. Um, and and I and I would include in that, you know, the the biggest audiences that I ever played to on a regular basis, where people are singing, you know, a, a singing along to a song I wrote, is in fact at Bieber Camp. Uh, the summer camp that I've worked at for 18 summers now as a music director in Wisconsin. Um, and we, you know, it's an incredible experience to play there and just, you know, 400 screaming kids. And, you know, we have a full on rock band that we, we have every year with whatever staff play, you know, we always put something together. So that's always a lot of fun. And in terms of, uh, as a listener, I can't remember, you know, just being more, moved by something than this last summer when I was at camp and nobody had obviously, you know, 2020 didn't happen. So 
Uh, it was the first time everyone was together for two years, and there was all these COVID protocols and stuff like that. But um, on the first Friday night when we were going to play, we, you know, we, we, we rehearsed as a band with like, uh, you know, it's not a music camp. It's just a regular old, you know, uh, wet, hot American summer style Jewish summer camp where we have a lot of music. So, you know, the drummer was like, you know, a, a gal who was running like a part of the teen um, leadership uh, seminars, but played drums like in junior high. Like, can you still do it? She's like, I guess I'll brush the cobwebs off. <laughs> and so anyway, we, it was the very first night and we were outdoors so that people didn't have to be masked and the whole camp could be together. And we set up all all afternoon this you know the PA system and all the instruments and stuff like that and normally I would play with them um, and it was all and it's all these people that I had you know that I've known since they were 12 13 years old you know who would come through and now they were counselors at camp so I you know joined for the first song and then I just sort of put my guitar down and walked off um, which they didn't visibly notice which was good and just went way in the back and you know listened to them just sur you know surrounded by campers just rocking out to all these songs that we've played forever and um you know just delivering something that these kids hadn't seen in a long time and hadn't experienced in a long time so in terms of like an attendee at a musical event that that would be my tops anytime recently that's cool that's a great story yeah Oh, what about uh, as as fans, like being at a concert, front row concert, stuff like that? Well, that's remember? my answer as a fan. Okay, as a fan. Okay. Yeah, as a fan, that was, you know. That was that? Yeah. But what about you? As a fan, I whenever I see uh, Yola Tango or I've seen New Hill Milk Hotel, I always just break down crying. Something about them. You want me well, to go? Uh, you go. I'll go. Yeah. Um, but you probably have a better moment than I do. Um, I don't really have particular moments. Um, Requiem for Dream, I just love the whole soundtrack. Ooh, Lux Eterna. Oh, so good. So, I mean, the whole thing is incredible. It's, of course, Cronus Quartet doing it. Um, I, I always love that. And then, um, this is not a movie, but Money Heist. Uh, they've got a song there that um, they keep bringing back. And there is, I guess, an original moment. It's like an Italian 
um, song Bella Chow, I believe it is. And there's something about that. The first time it comes up, it's the the main professor with his brother, and they're talking about how I don't remember exactly what they're talking about. They're having that's a honey. It's a money heist. They're trying to steal some money from a bank or something like that. But the song comes up. They're singing it together, and then from then on, the crew just keeps bringing it up. I guess the song was an old um, folk song, an old Italian folk song that was used um, as a protest for women working in the fields in harsh conditions. And then in World War II, it was used also in some way. Uh, I don't know, but it's beautiful. Um, and uh, every time I'd watch that show, I would, the song would come on, and then for the next month straight, I'd be singing it constantly. It's very pretty. Right on, right on. Um, yeah, Ferris Bueller, that has to be up there. Uh, you know how when you talk about your favorite bands, you have to just remove the Beatles <laughs> from the equation. You know, yep. you, you, you get rid of the top. They're in, they're they're in their category on their own. Right, you get rid of them. So I, I you know, I, 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 you shouldn't even mention Back to the Future because it's just like, nope, that's the Beatles of music scenes. You're a Marvin Berry fan. I like it. Yeah, you got to <laughs> just push that one aside. But, um, well, you mentioned John Williams. I mean, at least you know that even if, no matter how good or bad the next or new or whatever Star Wars movie has been for the last 20 years, like him or not, it's worth the price of admission just for that first moment of and then just the, like it's chills down the down the arms and spine and uh, i mean so that's uh you know you can't beat that um what else um well we'll stay in the star in the star area and what was it star trek first contact when what's his name is gonna break the is gonna go to warp speed for the first time and he he puts in uh... yeah which is so great i mean that's I, I love that star trek film by the way and when he does that and everybody's just like looking around it's like they're playing it um what else the whole the whole soundtrack and pastiche that they have going in um murder was the case you know the snoop dog dr dre movie just yeah. every moment where they kick into the next song and whatever's happening next is happening. It's just, oh, it's delightful. That's awesome. Excellent. Excellent. No, there, there's, there's some great ones. Um, and my, my last question for the show, uh, I did not put on the, I did not put on the list, uh, but <laughs> the list, the list. So in making this album, uh, there's this beautiful album, Wind of Vista. Was there, were there any remarkable elements, any remarkable things that you found in unexpected places on the album? Yeah, any, any, any beautiful things that you found in an unexpected place that you didn't unexpected place well we want to go we want to go out to a place because of this album um 
that's in the middle of nowhere. I guess you could call that unexpected. We want to go out to um, just the, the high desert outside of town to do a video for Canyonlands. Oh. Um, because it evokes so much desert imagery and nighttime imagery and such like that. So we were thinking of where to go, and I have these friends who run an Airbnb that's like uh, a Winnebago out in, in the middle of nothing. Um, so, and I've never been before out to their place, and I wrote to them, and they were like, yeah, there's, you, there's just nothing. There's, there's desert and mountains in every direction. This would be a, an incredible place to come and film. So, so hopefully sometime soon, uh, maybe on the next full moon, uh, the album will take us someplace unexpected. That's, and I'll need to order some tumbleweed in advance to bring along with for that filming. She's worried that there's not going to be enough natural tumbleweed going by and that we have to actually import it. Because I just see it in the video. I see the tumbleweed. So that'll take us to an unexpected place, which maybe is tumbleweed.com. Where Someone you purchase, sells those, right? I, I read that. I don't Me? Yeah. What about you? I've already mentioned. Well, voice. whose voice? Whose voice is? <laughs> he has the radio. Voice. Whose voice is cutting clearer on your end? I think you should both do it in unison to get that harmony. Okay. So we'll do one, <laughs> two, three, four. Next music. Next That's the No, no, this will work. Oh, you know what? We'll do that. That thing. Or, or. What was that, what was that from? Where someone. It's from a movie where someone's copying what they're saying as they're wa they're watching them say it. Right, in that annoying that? sort of. It's one of those Will Ferrell universe okay. things. Okay, so we can try that. Okay, so, so go, go to, to <clears throat> next doors music dot com. Yay! <laughs> that was good. That was good. And uh, you should be able to find what you uh, what you need. But of course, when you Google search next door, the next doors, we do come up. But obviously, nextdoor.com, that yeah. app is a monolith, a right. monstrosity. A, so um, yeah, try and remember nextdoorsmusic.com uh, or Bandcamp. You can find us on Band. If you just go to Bandcamp, Spotify, Apple, and search for the next doors, we come up right away that's awesome that's awesome thank you so much for being here thank, thank you. you are you kidding yeah, and yes. let's see how did we oh we've i finished my adult beverage uh, you're almost, i still uh, have some but this you're, is you're uh, working this is our own signature beverage so if you're interested in this you can get it at our instagram instagram page yes right? just scroll back on instagram and you'll see a picture of some cocktails that we invented called the next yeah, you can you can drink in next door while listening to next door while you're next door at your neighbors. I mean, the, 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 it's like Inception. You just you just go deeper into next doors. It's good. It's good. Well, uh, do that. That's what we want everyone out there to do. Is what he just said. What you just said. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, exactly. It's good. Now, well, 
thank you so much for having us. Yeah. This was this is our this was our first interview yeah. together. Actually. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks.